Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I feel weird. You? you are on my my couch. I'm on your couch. I'm on your casting couch, <laughs> baby. You're, my, you're on my love seat. I'm <laughs> in your love seat. Ooh, what is it? Should I have like no, checked with the black light? Uh, nothing's happening on this thing. No? But I, I just, it's so funny. Like, I mean, I, I really love this chair. I love that it's like 70s. That's like my vibe is this, the 70s vibe. But then I took I took initiative, if you guys are joining us on our Patreon, uh, Danielle, whenever we record at her house, she has all of her shit on her walls from every movie that she's done, and I've never <laughs> hung up anything of mine ever. So, so now she's copied the shit. So now I did. But is it good? I love it. You did a good. It's job. good, right? I did really good. Like my movie, my movie, a CD for my movie. Is that the back, is that the back of your chair from Halloween? What is uh, that from? No, it's from a different movie. Is it's it? from The Chariot, from this uh, this movie that I did with uh, John Malkovich, where I play the splits. Oh. Can, I can hear myself. I can hear an echo, echo, echo. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Um, anyways, guys, uh, we are recording. Danielle is in Los Angeles because we are mm-hmm. doing a secret photo shoot for the podcast. Yes. And we are so excited. But let's not get into that. We can get into that in another episode. We are excited because we have a guest. We have a guest. So, mortician and a badass musician. You're rhyming. Oh, thank you. Taking TikTok <laughs> by storm with this deadly knowledge of all things deceased. Yes. Please welcome our next guest, Nathan Morris. Yes. Hey. I'm not sure which button is the clapping. Hold on. Yay. There we go. I Thank got that you right. Very much. For Welcome. Letting me join you. Normally, people don't want morticians around. They're like they're creepy and they sniff on teddy bears or something. Yeah, we we know. Are but you we creepy? Like that. Do you sniff on teddy bears? <laughs> I don't. I definitely do not. I, I don't know if I'm creepy. You all are. I'm probably not as creepy as you all. You all in your you know, in our world. In, our, in your world. Yeah. No, uh, you yeah. know. Well, you know. I think you do know that my dad is a mortician. And he was a corner, so I grew up around the dead as well um, in my younger years. I love it. I think it's interesting that that's the case. I yeah. love how I, and I was worried about this. I was telling you, I s- 
slid into your DMs. About <laughs> and I have to be so careful about that. And uh-huh. that's why everybody on our social team has access to all of my socials because I'm going to be above board. And I was like, hey, we need a podcast. You're like, funny thing. My dad is funeral director and oh yeah, we're going to. So it's awesome how the stars align. And I appreciate you all. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I, I, you know, gain interest when I, I mean, we're very new to TikTok. We don't really understand it. And I want to get into that with you. Um, but when I was watching it, your stuff came on my for you page or whatever. And it was just constantly like your stuff was just like, when I was swiping, it was just always there. And so I finally started to like watch your videos and my dad's always tried to get me to join the family business. <laughs> and so when I was realizing that you were just, I think you were teaching, I think you, you know, had students or something and you were just like kind of getting into detail. My dad's never really done that with me. Um, it just kind of sparked something in me and I was like, hmm, maybe it's in I your could blood. be, maybe I might want to be a mortician. You would. You'd maybe. be an awesome funeral director that's oh, for sure thank you so so what got you into the um funeral business and when did you start i want to know everything i remember i was 10 years old and my cousin timmy drowned okay. i actually wrote a song about it and i was a musician touring musician but at 10 i remember being at the funeral home and this gentleman was standing off to the side in a suit and all the family kept looking toward him and to him and this is my child mind right and mm-hmm. this guy was important right and then I was touring. I came home for my birthday in 2010, and I meet Megan, my wife, and I see her, and she's this attractive brunette, and I find out that she grew up in the funeral home profession. Her dad owns the funeral home, and she's a funeral director and embalmer. And Whoa. I'm like, not, that's not what you were doing, because this is a, you know, a man's profession, so to speak, and uh, most funeral directors are chubby, middle-aged or old men you just described my dad (laughs) well i actually got in a lot of trouble for saying that Mm. one time but i uh stopped touring immediately and i asked her dad for the job and he said you're out of your damn mind i said i'm not leaving your office until you give me an opportunity and i sat there for four hours while he drew from his pipe southern kentucky had suspenders on you know oh my god so so love got you into your career well, a girl. Yeah. The, the drug got me into the career. And then I realized my drug is business and creating experiences. And that's that's how it happened. So we had one location. And then I would always continue to do cover songs and release some original stuff. And, and then in 2015, I believe, we acquired our first funeral home outside of Haley McGinnis. And then from there, I was I was hooked. So now we have... You know, when this airs, we'll have just closed on our 12th location in five years. So it's insane growth. And that's how I, that's how I stumbled upon it. I mean, I grieved the first two years because I went from, I had, you're in the entertainment world, so you get it. It's, and I'm not saying you experienced this, but that's my identity. I don't know who Mm -hmm. I am outside of being the creator. I was literally just telling you this. I literally yeah. was telling you. I like have it's no real. identity outside of like filming. I like don't know who what to Scout do with Compton is. Scary. I, I grieved for two years. You know, I put my suit on. I had I had nothing to, mm. you know, I, I look from the outside. This is at the 
right before social media was really popping off in 2010 and stuff, I independently released a record. Starbucks Worldwide was uh, playlisting it, you know, the Starbucks playlist. Really yeah. Cool. And some good things were happening. Got major labels uh, excited about me. Uh, the producers that did the posthumous Michael album that's now, of course, uh, I guess frowned upon is the right word. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But they were working with me on some stuff. And uh, yet I was living in a closet in a warehouse. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, a lot has really happened for me from a from a mental health. You know, it's like you look like you have it all. And I had no idea who I was. So I grieved for two years. People would come in for visitation and ask for my autograph. Can you like? Yeah. Whoa. So oh, my like, God. Oh my you're gosh, tripping out. This is awful. I hate myself. <laughs> but then I realized I went from this life of selfishness where mm. it's like, what shoes are you going to go pick up for me today? I mean, it's really stupid to this life of you can't be selfish or you're pushed out. So it's selflessness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of made a vow and uh, that's what happened. And then here we are full circle. It's wow. Really that's so wild. unique. Do you run mm -hmm. your, uh, your funeral home now with your wife? Does she still do it? She does. Her uh, dad, my father-in-law just died May 14th. So funeral directors don't die. I mean, we, we don't, I mean, we're supposed to live forever, right? Mm -hmm. And take care of people. And it was really wild. And I think that's his legacy, her being on that site all the time, making sure that it continues to thrive. Did and he, did I'm, he, how was, how was his passing? Did he get cremated or embalmed at your funeral? Like, tell me about his, how do you, how did he plan his funeral? I'm assuming he it had is. it like down to a T, right? He had it down to a T and he's a very private man, very quiet man. And actually at his eulogy, I have it right outside the studio. It's six pages and it's framed. Oh my God. Uh, there's so many things about burying a family member you can't be both you can't be the funeral director and the family member so mm. you have to choose one mm -hmm. and so i was placed with this responsibility of being the director and i still can't really always say that without getting you know really emotional because i haven't been able to grieve that but i had to make sure that 62 years of someone's career and taking care of other people was carried out so when do you, you when do you deal with that? Like I know I saw the one of your videos with your grandma when your grandma passed and you had you know you're you're doing it there. So your funeral director first, and then how long does it take for you to snap out of the business mindset in order to be able to be a human and actually feel those feelings? Mm -hmm. I still have it. Oh mm -hmm. shit! I really have it because you're still you know there's probate, there's the will, there's all these business decisions that have to be made, and everyone leans on me. And I mean Megan's capable, but. Megan's the family. Yeah. Right? So someone has to take that over, but it's, uh, that's the, that's the price you pay. And Scout, I'm sure you can remember times where your dad, there'd be like these, I can't snap my finger without <laughs> <laughs> like a little three-year-old, <laughs> but, but there are times that you probably can recall in your mind, not to call your father out, but where it almost seemed mm -hmm. as if all of a sudden he just, there was, there was some sort of chaos. And it was like an explosion and he's upset about something. Something set him off. And that's kind of what happened. I think my dad's, my, my dad's go-to was comedy. Like, like he was the big personality, like massive comedian, like sort of. So he was, I think that's what he would put on. That was like his front. And my dad, he, he was really good at not bringing it home. He was very, very good at that. But that's the one thing that I remember why I thought I can't be a mortician is because how heavy it is. I'm, I'm so empathetic with humans, and like I you just call yourself an empath. <laughs> yeah, I just I, yeah, 
I, I just, I would feel, I would take it all home. Mm. I would, I would take every single one home and I would be like, give me your number so I can make sure you're okay. Like I just, mm. I wouldn't, that's why I would never be a good nurse. I, I just can't. I would never let you go home. Yeah. I would be your friend forever. <laughs> like I would. Well, that's, that's what it takes sometimes in this, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a ministry, you know, you, you don't, it, whether you're faith filled or not it's a mm-hmm. calling it's kind of imprinted on your heart you kind of don't just wake up one day and say let's be depressed i know <laughs> he's so sad man it's now i feel bad for my dad i'm like he probably went through all of this but like he you didn't never, know i didn't know i gotta ask him this i didn't know my dad's just such a jolly human being man i need to not be so tough on him <laughs> yeah. we are very we are sensitive oh yo you we guys are, are sensitive oh you guys gosh. are and it's so, that's where it's i get my like, sensitivity is from my fucking father <laughs> yeah it's not like that stupid uh oh you're being sensitive as like a, a slight it's it's just real we're really sensitive people we're dialed in and we really care and i'm an empath mm-hmm. so an empath literally who is grown up in traumatic environments and mm-hmm. that's what we do is we develop this sense about people so that we can stay protected yep. protected yeah yep. so i'm literally just i just feel it all day long and then when i get home i just dump it and i'm exhausted it's like i ran 16 miles yeah mm-hmm. oh my god welcome to movie making <laughs> exactly. i was on the i was on the set of stroke of genius my best friend's uh uncle is a producer and I was on set and I'm just watching Jim Caviezel and Claire Forlani and I'm like, I walk by her and I'm like, hello. And she says, I can't do her accent. I was like, oh my God, I think I just died like three times. <laughs> it's so fun, but there's so much chaos back here. Oh, yeah. Everyone's acting weird. Jim's on the green and like stretching and doing these weird mouth things. <laughs> <sighs> you know, oh God, one of those weird actors. In the best way. Oh, oh that's crazy god. oh my god i don't know what i would do if i looked over at you and you were doing fucking mouth stretches <laughs> like, what are you doing you'd go grab a dildo and stick it in there <laughs> jesus <laughs> okay so i do want to talk to you about um but you were kind of just talking about it but i do want to talk about your band because i want to i want to know all the knowledge of that but if a fan did write and it kind of goes with what you just said do you rem- so do you remember seeing your first body and how did. did that how did that feel I remember seeing Timmy. That was the first deceased loved one. I've never seen anyone die. Think about that. Mm. I've been around thousands and thousands of deceased loved ones. I mean, I've been to car wrecks and I've been to suicides. I've been to murder scenes. I've been to uh, nursing home, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never seen anyone die or take their last breath, you know? So there's this element of uh, beauty, first ones that arrive. Think about that. Like we're the first people outside outside of a corner, yeah. We're outside of immediate family members. So the the holiness of it really, like, hey, I'm calling you at the worst moment. Will you please come here and tend to them because I need you. That's pretty powerful. I remember the very first woman I saw outside of my cousin was uh, it was a hoarder, H O A R D, as in David E R, mm-hmm. and that was my first death call and experience. This dog, the dog, was trying to play with her. And so I was dropping all the toys on her. We had to. Oh, shit. Through. Oh, my God. That mm-hmm. sounds like Cody. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. And that was my first experience. And I see this lady who had no one, obviously, didn't know that she was gone for a few days. And the dog, you know, was grieving. And I'm looking around like, what in the hell is happening in my life right now? What oh did I get God. myself into? 
And I do. I still remember her. I still remember her face. Wow. And that it was in 2010. Yep. Oh, I remember my first body I saw. I, I, yeah. To a T. How, I will remember before, that man. Before you answer that, I do want to know, like, how different, like, when you're on set, does a dead body look versus the actual man that you're referring to? Oh, is so different. Pretty? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the feeling, too. I mean, there's so many different elements. But mm -hmm. what's the dead the dead person that you saw so it was actually the first dead guy that i saw and the first penis i ever saw <laughs> which oh, we've geez. already told this story that well i was that's that young i was that young wow my dad she just like lifted naked oh. lifted the sheet just was like pow, pow. like like he was a music magician he was just like pow, pow. and i just remember seeing like this this indian man and i was just like whoa it's like this guy's dead it's like, yeah, this is and it. And this it. is what I'm doing. I'm I'm gonna prep him and we're gonna embalm him and I need your help to take him down. <laughs> Did you oh watch the embalming too? You've seen the embalming? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. A I've, bunch, yeah. I've seen all that kind of stuff. That's what yeah. I feel like. I'm like, I could go do this if I really wanted to. So like we're gonna be we're all gonna be like best friends one day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna work for you at one of your no, mortuaries. No, no, no. That'd, be, that's, that'd be that'd be crazy. That'd be wild. <laughs> that'd be full circle right there. I that's mean, the power. Totally. I wonder if there's like a, a horror themed funeral home anywhere. Not oh, horror themed yeah. funeral home anywhere? I'm not I'm not really sure. I don't but... think you wanna go to a funeral home and see a bunch of like I guarantee you there are fans listening to this right now that would be out. like, I want to be, I want to have Robert England read my fucking eulogy and I want to be buried in that, you know, you know what I mean? I guarantee there, you. We're on a ghost tour because Owensboro, Kentucky, where I'm from has a very old downtown and one of our locations is in the historic downtown. I mean, the building's there since 1860 mm -hmm. and it has a ton of, it has a ton of experiences. I've never been scared, you know, there's that scary feeling, but then there's also like that was somebody or someone mm. but yeah i mean it, people during halloween especially they pay for these tours these grand tours and they take vehicles by and there's the you know you see it so this is another question from a fan have you ever noticed any spirits around you when you work have you ever sensed mm -hmm. anything tell mm -hmm. me tell me tell me tell me because i feel yep. like i went nuts i had this imaginary friend when i in the mortuary and my dad um buried a stillborn and he named me after her. And I remember when he showed me the, the, like the picture of her, I was like, that's her. And so like my imaginary friend was. Was not imaginary. No. And that, that's real. Yeah, we have stories. And no one time. wants to come over, you know, when you live at, you know, no one wanted to come over. I would have come house. over. I totally would have come over. <laughs> People ask that all the time on TikTok. Yeah, we, I was upstairs because we lived above this funeral home too. <laughs> and yeah, we lived up there for three years, but then we had two kids in 10 months. <gasps> what idiots. <laughs> oh my Way god. Way to go. Damn. We did. We had two children in 10 months. Oh my oh, god. Me, so it worked out. I mean, it was what weird. Anyway, I was up there painting a room for Megan because she wanted this color. She loved this midnight navy. And I remember painting it and I'm up there by myself. She's out of town. We have the ceilings are 14 feet tall. Actually, mm. this studio, the ceilings are 14 feet tall. So the mat, it's massive. And I'm up there and I'm like, what? It was like 10 o'clock at night and there were little kids downstairs. Mm. So directly below me is a north hallway and a south hallway. And then there's another other sets of hallways to create a square below me. You follow me? And mm -hmm. it literally sounded like children were playing and running around this always square. always kids? Because, because they're, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I remember my mom came the next day to the, you have to go into the funeral home through the back area by the flower room to get upstairs to the residence. And I was telling her this story. She's like, oh, no, she's this very, very traditional Catholic woman. And uh, I was walking her down the back stairs. And she, again, the next day, there's little kids and they're giggling and laughing and running circles. She looks at me. She goes, you're scared. I know you're scared. Let's go back upstairs. I know you're scared. And then she's like, what was that? I was like, mom, it's a damn kids. Oh, man. Don't cuss. Don't cuss. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, that is crazy. What are you drinking? Are you drinking whiskey? This is, yeah, no, this is a, this is Long Branch. This is Kentucky bourbon bourbon. whiskey, wild turkey, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. delicious. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, so, so let's talk about your band. So when did that come about? So that was what you, that was what you first started doing. You were a musician. Yep, so I actually want to be a garbage that. man first. Garbage <laughs> Doesn't man. every you boy? All, yeah, yes. you get to pull the lever. You get to ride on the back of yep. the, you know, the bumper. I wanted yeah, to be a princess. Yeah, I think boys want to be garbage men. Girls want to be princesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I wanted to be a magician. You were talking about. Yeah. I love Lance Burton and David Copperfield. So I used to just like. Obsess I can see you. I totally can see you. Yeah, literally. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and then. Uh, I realized that I could sing because I would always get in trouble and they were like, okay, well, we're going to discipline you by embarrassing you. And so they made me sing this song in, in uh, music class. I was eight, nine oh. and the rest was history. So and you're like, I like it. Yeah. I loved it. So I started taking voice lessons and piano lessons. And then I grew up in a traumatic environment and home. And I realized that I would write, would write poems. Then I would put melody to them in my head. And, you know, I listened to John Cicada and voice to men. Yeah. And, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do a record. I'm 15 years old and these songs sucked. They were so bad, but I did it. And uh, there's something about that. And then at 18, as soon as I graduated, I was actually 17 when I graduated. I jumped on a plane, flew to North Carolina, hopped on a tour bus with my friends and lived on the road until I moved home in 2010. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Living on the road, man. How was that? It's um, exhausting. It looks cool. On it looks cool from it the sucks. outside. It's like shooting it a movie. Sucks so bad. Our friend and and the bass player. He was like, you know what? For this tour, I'm not gonna. He didn't change his underwear <gasps> or wash them for three months. That was like his thing. He was gonna do. I swear. Oh, for what? No. What the? What's the reason to torture <laughs> everybody? Because you get like you're in this confined space and you just start doing stupid stuff. Like we were, there was a brand new Holiday Inn Express in Houston, Texas. The bus was parked. Our bus driver's name was, you guessed it, Arnie. He goes inside <laughs> the hotel to take a shower and he comes out and someone had pulled to drain all of the urine. <laughs> 50 gallons or something in the <gasps> middle of the parking lot. Oh my God, <laughs> disgusting. And, this guy, yeah, a bunch of 17-year-old kids. Right. He's like, well, I saw the drain over there. I thought it would roll down the hill. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> and Arnie comes waddling out with his – he always carried like a – I don't know what it was. And he was like, what the hell? <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. Take care of you kids. Yeah, oh, man. Did you guys have, I mean, did you guys have, group, did you guys have groupies? <laughs> yeah, there was this girl that came up to Dallas one time, and I'll never forget it. He was the drummer. And he was 16. And she goes, we still have a – he goes, what? He goes, we still have a – did she say it like boob? that? I love. Will you sign my, boob? She, I think we're in Minnesota. <laughs> she said, "Will you my boob?" <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, but you said it with a Minnesota accent, right? Yeah. Well, can you do Minnesota? Minnesota. Did you sign my boob? It sounds like. <laughs> but it was. 
it so was fast. Her, maybe it wasn't Minnesota, but, but she goes, we can have so i've so a couple of my my exes were uh musicians so i had to drive a couple of tour buses drove <laughs> yeah you, I, I had to drive you one. drove one well one of the guys one of the drivers um ended up getting arrested oh god and so we were gonna miss the next fucking city so i had to drive because everybody was drunk so it was like i'll drive and get us there and there was a groupie that i didn't know was on the bus that didn't (gasps) need to be on the bus and then finally this girl comes out she's like stop the bus from out of nowhere and i was like what is happening and she comes out and she's so intoxicated is that she like pees like she takes mm. off everything and like just pisses outside and of course like all the guys Ugh. are just like watching and i was like get the fuck back in the bus and i go and like uh, help her and i, I, really I get her a taxi stories. yeah i only <laughs> have those full of stories <laughs> yeah see somebody this- was either always throwing up or peeing but that was about that was about it. yeah what what is it with like urine and and, and boys and vomit yeah, yeah. Vomit. And vomit it's called being in your 20s and, and literally we would line the the bus the the toilet with walmart bags because you don't number two you number right one only. <laughs> 10 one can you hear me yes okay. yes i think we lost you but i'm just talking to myself still oh no can, I can you hear, hear you <laughs> can you hear us awesome Yep, I did. It just it just glitched. But yeah, we would poop in uh, Walmart bags and throw them out the window. Oh my god! <laughs> and the, guys are so stupid. I know it's embarrassing. My dad would do that. He but would. You know what? Though that's a really good idea because I have a trailer and I I have children and they don't know how to not go poop in a toilet. I mean, if I let them go in the yard, they probably would. But that's a good idea. At least I can make them go in a bag. They think that would. They would probably think that was fun too. Yeah. Uh, something that doesn't go love. down the drain, you know. It doesn't go down the drain and <laughs> yeah. sit and then you can smell it whenever it bounces. Yeah. So my dad my dad would um would poo in bags and put it in front of people's house. What? <laughs> yeah, and like dump And like ditch. light it on fire. That's what kind of oh mortician my, God, my father awesome. was. <laughs> he didn't have good ventilation in the prep room. No. So my dad oh my, my dad got into the mortuary uh business. He needed a job. And nobody would hire him, so he went to his local funeral home, and they were like, "Yeah, we need somebody to sweep, sweep the the, the floors." And that's how he started. And then he just like never left until he they took him home. And then he became a coroner, and then he retired, wow. <laughs> which is crazy. That's wild. That really uh, is. Yeah, it's really nuts. Okay, Daniel, do you mind reading this yes. question from April? Yes. So we did. Um, Submit and we got so many so questions, many questions. For, for you. So a lot of them so are like technical like stuff, but but let's talk let's talk about um a, an emotional one first because mm-hmm. I would have no idea how to answer this. So she says, uh, "Need mortuary advice." Hello, I'm currently a student in the mortuary science program. It's something that I've always been passionate about since I was a little girl. I work at a mortuary in the prep room also. I Cosmo, dress, casket, ID views, assist in autopsies, and occasionally cremate. My question is, how do you decompress after seeing so much death? What tools help you mentally and emotionally? I'm normally a bubbly person and feel as though my job jaded me slightly. I keep telling myself it is the job flow and politics versus dealing with the actual deceased. I've excelled in what I do, which my supervisors are always impressed, but not always, but uh, not too sure if subconsciously I am holding on to each case. Any advice? Well, yeah, I mean, 
that's I well I hear her I hear you and I agree with you I find I find doing podcasts or I find running running is being healthy is critical eating well is critical because your, your gut is your second brain and you got to get them in cohesion we got to take care of our bodies because our minds are so vulnerable uh, that's what I do and I would encourage you know having a thing the thing is important right is it writing and then singing a microphone or talking in a microphone or making stupid videos or whatever that you, you got to find your thing and I I definitely hear you and don't it's it's important to not um, overlook that right just say oh well this is how it's going to be if I'm going to be in this profession no I don't think you have to settle ever mm. with any question. job really right yeah I was never, say. never settle be one percent better every single day in something what's the go what's the goofiest thing you do <laughs> uh, I make up some really awesome songs. Um, can you can you can, can you give us one? Can you give us a really uh, awesome goofy see. song? <laughs> I do uh, I do this song. I don't know why I do this song, <laughs> but it just magically appeared and it has this. You all are gonna sing it after this, and you're yes. gonna hate it. <laughs> okay. Ball, yeah, I go balls, false alarm, titty twister. I don't give a fuck if you get a blister, and I just do that over and over. It's hey! like my thing. And I talk. <laughs> And when I talk, I do I rhyme a lot. I don't I probably because I write uh, do that song. And then I uh, I sing a lot of uh, turn songs into opera. OK. Um, oh, you know, All or Nothing by O-Town, of course. I'm yeah. like, cause I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I just see you embalming a body and you're just like, oh. Well, I, that is another thing that we like. It's that's more of like a delicate thing. Though. Okay. I, I yeah no. It's it's uh, some people do. They have to make jokes. I I'm actually very gentle and in my head. I you know I'm a you know I'm a prayerful. I meditate and do that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I hope that you're at peace and I hope that you have comfort and all of that. Yeah. I love that you. I was I was hearing you talk about how you cover their privates too. I was always wondering. Always. You know how how that is. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. I mean, I think you know you are. Your podcast is about being, being open about things and talking about experiences and stuff. But you know, when I'm lying dead somewhere, I don't want I don't want to just be exposed. I'd like to be covered up. And there's reverence about that. There's that's that's beautiful, right? To say I I respect this shell so very much that I'm going to honor you by covering you. That is awesome because I, I I have thought of that. You know, I have thought about that. If I like, I, I, if I die, if, like naked or something. Well, you're gonna. They'll take your clothes off you. I know, assuming, but right? still. We declothe. We yeah. declothe if 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 your clothes are soiled. Like, of course, you urinate when you die. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Now you got to be careful with your words because on social media you say that you die with your mouth open. I was speaking generally, and I got crucified. So a lot of people do urinate or defecate when they die. So we're gonna we're gonna clean those. And of course, if there's a lot of trauma involved or cuts or tears, then those usually get thrown away. But I always make a joke with my staff and say, when I die, if I die right now, I hope I poop everywhere and I don't stop pooping because, <laughs> you know, that's what we deal with. And I just want to give them one last little <laughs> Just shit on them a little bit more. <laughs> so my dad was so picking, my dad was picking up a body um, from someone's home with a man that was in trainee. And he had never picked up a body before. Oh, jeez. And he, he, you know, got them on the gurney. And as he was lifting the sheet up, um, this person released. And 
uh, this guy dropped the body and ran because it was this guy. Apparently, it freaked him out, and he never probably worked had in a the lot of, funeral yeah, business. Probably had a loud Again? noise too. Yeah, so much built up, like pressure and uh-huh. gas. And like whenever you get that to release, it. My, I did that to my brother one time. You yeah. Really- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my brother, uh, he doesn't work there anymore, but we did this house transfer where we go to a massive king-sized waterbed. Who's, who, who still has waterbeds? I mean, really, except porn stars. Or yeah. Whatever, but um, <laughs> we go, the, the gentleman, I know this guy, and we put the, the cot or gurney right next to, and I'm moving him, and John's on the foot end. He's like, hang on a second, hang on a second. And I know what he was doing, but I was trying to do this quick because we had eyes on us meaning family, mm-hmm. like we have this saying, like if oh. we're walking and we, we glance around and we'll say, eyes, you know, mm-hmm. not because we're going to do anything bad, but just because you better be on your game. Don't drop the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never have actually, believe it or not. But oh, he better knock I on something. him when I told him not to, and his face was right at his, his butt. And it went, <laughs> it was an audible, it was an audible noise. And John looked at me, if looks could kill, <laughs> he looked at me and said, he, yeah, he killed me with a thousand daggers. He, he got in the van. It's a transfer van. And he goes, what in the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. He did. I, I, yeah. I was like, man, does, I'm so sorry. Does a dead person's fart smell worse than a, an alive person's fart? That's a, a of course, there's gonna be a fart question. And the answer is, <laughs> I, I would say probably so, because the moment you die, you start to decompose and break down inside so all that stuff that's getting out it's not your normal you know uh meal if you will i was gonna say (laughs) yes it does yes it does and this goes to another fan questions do you get used to the smells i'm very interested in this okay no the smells are you can walk out of the care center for i haven't been in the care center for i actually went on a death call on saturday so what is it where what is the care center we okay, so you have the prep room, the okay. embalming room, and we call it a care center. It's a mm. place where the most reverent of care is carried out, right? That's someone's loved one, and it's important. But you can go in there and have uh, been there all day. You leave for three days, and then you go back in after not being exposed to the smells for a few days, and you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck is that? You know? So the smells never, never uh, get used to. Now, if you're Chris, who I work with, I mean, his his nose is so messed up from all the embalming chemicals he's inhaled. Not because of us. We have adequate ventilation, but he can't smell anything. Really? No. That's probably better, right? <laughs> probably. I mean, we yeah, there's some there's some there's some stuff. Give there's me give, stuff. give me give me like some words to describe what it would smell like just to so I can get like a, people that are listening that are driving or hanging out. I want to get like a visual. Okay, so we went to this residence. The the dude was smoking cigarettes on oxygen and exploded the entire house. So we're freshly out, like the fire. Four walls were the only things that remained, and his charred remains were seared to the springs of the bed. And what? I first walked in, and I'm r- walking through like three and four inches of, of water in the house, and there's all this insulation. It's just muck. I had on nice shoes, too, by the way. And um, it smelled like chicken, fried chicken. I was like, oh, my God, that smells good. But then, it, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm serious. It smelled like fried chicken, and then it changed like dr- dramatically, and then it smelled like I, I can't explain how fried chicken becomes disgusting. But then mm. it became disgusting fried chicken. It smelled so like putrid. Oof. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yeah, and then you have you know the ones that have turned more green. 
um, and they have this, uh, they have what's called tissue gas. Tissue gas is an embalmer's worst nightmare. It's oh my God. My dad taught me all, all about that. We had, I yeah. think he picked up a body from McDonald's or something that had that. And Wait, what, what is it? Oh what's God. tissue gas? Yeah. It was like, gas. yeah, go ahead. No, Scout, no, you, you go. Gonna, you should do, this is, this is your calling. It's your calling Scout. <laughs> It, it might be, step. honestly, it might be. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can never, I mean, we're obsessed with like true crime stuff, but my, my stuff was like my dad, when he was a coroner, like I wanted to know about the cases. I wanted to know like the, the murders, people. like why, what happened? Like, you know, like that's what I was more into. It's amazing. It's the story putting it together, but uh, tissue gases whenever Daniel, somehow it passes, like if you're at a medical examiner's office and they do autopsies a lot, it passes from instruments right? You, uh, you have to thoroughly clean your instruments. So if it is in your body, then it can spread. So there are chemicals that we can use to keep it from spreading. And sometimes it doesn't work. Um, so if it gets in your head then your head starts to like swell, it's awful. Um, we've had some really huge profile funerals and not only do we have to hold the loved one for multiple days, like over a week to prepare, and in the behind the scenes, we literally have tissue gas just spreading. And we're like, oh, my God, if it gets to the head, then we're in we're in trouble. Um, but it's an embalmer's worst nightmare. And the second worst nightmare would be leakage oh. in the face during mm-hmm. visitation. Oh, God. Yep. Have you ever had that happen? Yep. I remember. <gasps> I remember uh, the, the circumstance. And I'm trying to be very vague. There was a car wreck. There was a fatality. It was a very high profile person and what they did for a career and the the wife comes up to us and says he's bleeding and we rush over there and we had to actually Mm -hmm. take him in his casket out of the chapel and take him back into the care center to tend to him and sometimes it's it's not because of botched embalmers or we don't care it's literally we're not god we can't uh you know look perfect or Mm -hmm. or you lost 40 pounds with cancer we're going to give it all back yeah like yourself yeah. Yeah, that's that's a worse nightmare. What sure. what is like the one common like complaint that a funeral director would get? What it, what is it? What what are like those sort of things? People make them up. Mm. I mean, it they don't have anywhere else to place their grief. Yeah. The cemetery, the grave if they go there traditionally, you know, we're in a traditional area, they drop it at the grave. So the grave can never be level enough the monument can never be straight enough the flowers mm-hmm. are never alive enough or you, you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah. same thing death certificates are taking too long or mm-hmm. i hate that nathan had to rush off and take a death call on a cell phone we have a no no phone policy right on public uh, we call it on stage and off stage and you know i had to take a death call the phone rings i have to do it it's part of my job mm-hmm. people complain about they find stuff to complain about and then there's the moments where there's something to complain about and it's real, but more times than not, it's, it's unfortunate. So you just, you accept it and you're like, I, under, I, I understand. I hear you. It's regrettable. We never say, I'm sorry if we don't need to own anything, mm. you know, that's good. People I like that. Everything. Oh yeah. It was the best advice I was ever given. Cause I used to say, I'm sorry. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell am I sorry for? I didn't do anything. So it's regrettable. You experienced that. It's regrettable that happened. I'm, I'm going to use that with my husband. Cause he says, I don't say I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, I'm like, just, ooh. And so tell me again. I, I, what's the, what's the exact phrasing? It, the exact phrase is, it's regrettable this happened. It's regrettable that you experienced this. Oh, David, when you start, when you edit this, it's regrettable <laughs> that you feel some sort of way. 
Do you all fight? Is there a lot of is there a lot of fighting? No. There's like constantly like there's gonna be a constant you all need merch that says it's regrettable. It's regrettable. It's regrettable. Everything. Um okay, so we do have a another question here. Uh what is the most bizarre item found inside someone's stomach? Ooh. This didn't Whoa. happen. That just lit you up. I love that. You're like, this is exciting. Right? <laughs> well, I guess it, it can it be something that leads to the stomach and you'll know where I'm going and sure. I you'll appreciate it. Okay, great. So your father being a coroner has experienced a lot of things. I know this. Well, I know a coroner in a couple of counties over in his younger years, he goes to the scene and he comes out and there's no one there but his the deceased loved one's son. And he said, You've been in there, right? the son said yes sir and he said if anything that's in there is discussed it didn't come from me and he's telling me this story i'm like oh my god what's going on so i get back to the funeral home this is the corner and he goes to retrieve the loved one from the cot or gurney to the prep table embalming table and he pulls the body and he hears clunk and he's like what the heck because on scene he had already looked at the the loved one and he rolls him and inside his anus is a two and a half inch ball toe like a toe hitch, toe hitch <gasps> what? that he had inserted in him and he accidentally died uh, while asphyxiating himself uh, erotically oh <laughs> my and he had on and he had on leggings or, or stockings and stuff like that yeah it's like world's greatest dad that's literally what happened i don't want to die that way no you don't no, but you like don't. it's very common, why he, right? Wait, why didn't he take it out? Well, because he died. Because he died. Because he, he, he died. Oh, it was himself. Okay. He was. Yeah, it was himself. He got was, it. He was, why is that a thing? Why is that a I thing? I don't know. I really don't. I, I just don't under. But it's very common that a lot of men die that way. It's happened. That that's not even the only story that I've heard where there's something stuck up there, inserted in them. But a two and a half inch ball uh, hitch is pretty could you imagine daniel no (laughs) i have a hitch on the back of my truck i'm like thinking about Uh, no thank you uh, yeah it's it's um something else yeah i couldn't imagine being the son you know because i'm sure this man is an incredible but was an incredible guy like i'm sure he did some awesome things right yeah what we do our private and secret and whatever lives we live i mean that's that's not to be aired out i don't yeah it's awful he just wanted to try something new you know, he just I don't was think bored. That two and a half inch. That's ball probably not first. <laughs> I think you would start with like a pencil tip and an eraser. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. You know just what? Dive in the deep end. We're gonna go to if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it hard. <laughs> we're gonna do it big and hard. That's giant. Okay, I have yeah. a question unrelated to mortician because we always do this poll thing, and hopefully you're okay with me asking this. Speaking of inserting really, things in your yeah, anus, since we're 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 along this line. Do do you have sex toys? Like, do you as a man have sex toys? I don't. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not faulting See, anyone. See, it's does. not. Com- it's not a common thing that. So Danielle, we we have this debate where I was just trying to. I say not a lot of men have sex toys unless like you are with a partner and you get them together. Danielle has seemed to think that all men have these treasure chests of toys. Yeah, I know. I know someone who does, but I, I don't. But I, I mean, they've got two kids ten months apart. The as soon as she, you know, she wasn't even allowed to have sex then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I know. was it. Like, I mean, you did it too soon. I, you have to wait. Yeah, like, it, what is it? Four weeks? 
You're supposed to wait six. Six. Weeks. You waited four. They love each other. Okay. You know, listen, yeah, I think I, mean, I think I did too. I think maybe I made it to three and I was like, this is bullshit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah, down it's there. fine. Look. I had a C-section. It does, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that hole. Awesome. No, I, I no, I know a guy that does, that does have them and uh, I don't choose. No. Yeah. Okay. See, it's Who not knows? a common thing. I, lo- I love that every man is on my side. I just love it. I love it that yeah. I'm what's winning. Your, what's your love language? Physical touch, words yep. of affirmation. You tell me that I'm handsome and I do a good job. I'll be Oh, what's your hands. sign? What's your sign, Ethan? I'm an Aries. You're an Uh-oh. Aries. When's your birthday? April 5th. April 5th. Pisces yep. over here in Gemini. Pisces in Gemini. Does, does that mean we <laughs> all, do your all signs mean, because I'm not really, but I believe like more and more that everything lines up. Are we friends via your signs or no? You were always the guys that I wanted to fuck but never wanted to really be with, <laughs> to be honest. It was always the Aries that I was like, you guys are out of control. You were on fire yeah. and you would, it sounds like so much fun, but you yeah. were always super toxic for the me. The only Aries that I dated was like Peter Pan syndrome. I fucking fell in love real fast, but that to get that guy to Scary. commit was hard. Yeah, yeah. You, guys are, you guys are tough. That's interesting you say that because I liked the idea of, girls falling in love with me mm. if that makes sense yeah, yeah. the yeah. idea yeah that's exactly a, it yeah charismatic I was, not, uh, like, I was not a jerk though like right I, no I, you guys are very me. yeah Aries loyal are super, real they, strong they really dump you very kind <laughs> kindly it's a really nice dump <laughs> oh <laughs> my on. god oh, it's so funny wow i instantly <laughs> yeah. knew i instantly i was like I, Aries yeah. instantly funny <laughs> i've gotten to yeah, design stuff so i, I do I, always, I remember that yeah you remember those times i do want to get mm-hmm. into the whole tiktok sensation so what made you join the platform how is that platform like that's a lot of work isn't it it's so much work we're, we're trying Ugh. to do tiktok it's very very hard it's very challenging for us um so i'm just like interested in how you decided to to join that platform and what it's done for you. I'm sure it's changed a lot of stuff for you and I just want to hear your opinion on all of that. I think doing something that's scary is and you're but you're excited about it means it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the progression that I do at the funeral homes and how I'm always taking risks, that's that's who I am too. I don't know if that's an Aries thing or not, but <laughs> I'm always a risk taker and I'm a forecaster I can see, but I hired a social media manager for the funeral homes. And she was capturing content. And I'll never forget this conversation. I was like, you know, you need to capture some content that's just organic of the staff at different locations, interacting with people, whatever. So she films me talking to high school seniors. I always give a tour of one of our care centers and I give them the, you are 83 year old man, you've just died entering our care, going through the process, leaving the chapel. So it's this whole thing. She filmed the whole thing and turned it into different videos but the first video got 63,000 views she wow. posted it unbeknownst to me mm. she went on my tiktok because i gave her she's like do you have tiktok tiktok i was like yeah i've got like 38 followers if you go back to my first videos it was me singing to my son navy and mm. he, he was like pretty much shut up you know <laughs> yeah he's just looking at me and then uh, uh me holding our baby bear is his name and i was singing yeah that's what i'm gonna name my kid bear it's bear and blue that's sweet. It's it's an awesome name, and uh, I, love I think it. it's great. And uh, then she posted it. it got like 63, 65,000. She's like, I edited a part two. Can I post that? I'm like, well, that's awesome. She posts it. And then literally she refreshed it, and she said, you have 3,500 followers. 
you have 6,000 followers. And so I r literally rallied everyone in the office because I be believe in culture. And I said, listen, we have an opportunity here to be intentional, to be kind, mindful, considerate, all these things. So let's never waver from that. I never put something out just because I think you'll like it. I like everything I put out. If you don't like it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then it was 20,000, 30,000, 20,000 followers a day because we did three videos a day mm -hmm. immediately, just three videos. So we've broken the algorithm. I mean, so they favor our videos, it seems. And so I'm always follow, I'm popping up on for you page, but Gary V a year ago, right before this happened in February, he posted a video where he's at a conference and he's telling these business people, I'm telling you right now to get on TikTok, but you all 81% of you all will leave here and never do it. And that's your own fault. So I got on TikTok, I posted it and that's, that's kind of how it happened and it's real. Wow. How fast you all so, need to do it. So that, that success was like super fast for you. Oh, it was overwhelming. And, and I had to rally a bunch of troops and essentially, you know, pour a foundation because we didn't have one in that world. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I have a really cool process. I believe in process. I hate what I call noise where it's like, everyone's like going all over the place and tripping over everybody. There's, there's things that have to be done. So I got people in the, in their lane, but it took a little bit and it was overwhelming and it was, um, very stressful for mm. three months. Mm -hmm. so, so what does that do, that success, what does that do for your business? Has it changed anything for your business? The profession as a whole has been so quiet about what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Your dad can attest to this. It's like what we do is holy and sacred, and yes, it is. But I am really proud of the people I work with, and I want to show you what they do and what we do together to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And then this, and I've said this the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so true. Who else chooses you every day? I mean, even your own spouse doesn't always choose you every day. But at a moment's notice, I have a team that I am on a team with that literally will drop everything, opening Christmas presents, going out to dinner or a date, and come and take care of you. And that's like really beautiful. So I wanted to show that. And it's opened a lot of doors in the sense of funeral homes that want to sell. Mm -hmm. It cuts out the, the cold call, right? Because that's your first interaction with them a lot of times. They feel like they know me. So they'll call me, they'll reach out to me. And it's beautiful meeting these people. Uh, people are changing careers because of a video I've posted. And I always wanted to make, like I always, I wanna wear a suit every day. <laughs> this is what I used to say as a kid. And I'm like, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but your suits are pretty no, fabulous though, I have to say. You have well, a fantastic you style. Yeah, you do, you do. I do appreciate Tom that. Tom O'Connell. really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, Scout, I have to ask you, Scout told me something a couple of months ago and I about fell off the couch. I had no idea that sometimes bodies sit up during cremation. I've heard that. There's a, there are retorts that are chambers, crematories where, you know, you have to lift this door with a button to kind of look at how the body's uh, positioned so that the flame is on your, you know, your cavity. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think it's like a, Whenever something starts to melt, you know, it starts yeah. to cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what a, a, a loved one's body is doing, like at the head and the, yeah. it's starting so do to So do you push the body in first and then turn the oven on? Or do, <sighs> is it already he preheated? Oven? <laughs> well, it's pizza. Well, it's what it is. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's an I oven. It. Huh? Yeah, it is. And I'm it's, curious. Uh, is, yeah, is it preheated or? Both. And yeah, it's... Um, Chris, who does a lot of our cremations at one of our locations, he does that for specifically obese cases. Oh, wow. Uh, 
cases are cons are cremation cases. A loved one's not the case, but the cremation case is what I'm referring to. And they'll sometimes if they're so large that they put them in head first. So you put like you two are so petite that your feet would go in first and your head would be at the door, right? And el uh, overweight people, obese people, not just overweight, would be foot head first. And because it starts yep. to to burn as you're putting it in. Well, there's this lit. I don't know every everything there is, but my my hypothesis is there's this lip that comes up like this, and then the door. And I would think that it's because of all of the fat, the fat burning. Yeah, it it doesn't pour out, and it's like a grease fire. I mean, it is. It's a grease fire. So the chamber has to be relatively cool, meaning you haven't had to been running the crematory all day long, and then you're like, I'm gonna put in a 700 pounder. That's where all the news articles come out, where you have flames shooting out of the building and smokes everywhere oh it's yeah. a great oh so the so the bigger the bigger you are the more fat you have on your body the more the fire is gonna be wow mm -hmm. i so did not even think about that self-cremation you're like self-cremating so you'll turn the crematory on for just a second get that flame going and then you turn the flame off and you just and poke the, body, the fire the body just does the body it body is literally cremating yeah because it caught fire so do yeah. you want to be cremated or do you want to be buried i want to be buried i want the most I already, I want to be in a Navy suit. I want a white, like my signature suit is I wear a white shirt to every funeral. I wear either a Navy or black suit. And then I want a Navy suit, white shirt, and I want a nice Navy tie. You better get my hair right. I was going to do your <laughs> hair. Uh, I would think that, you know, Megan would, but, mm. and again, it's your, it's your own. So I don't know. Everyone grieves different. Would, would you with, would you with her? Would you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. I wouldn't embalm her. I would absolutely make sure her hair's right because I know what she looks like. I know how her makeup is. Uh, she always I'm getting jokes emotional. Over so wait, here. so you wouldn't embalm yep. her? What if there's like an open casket viewing kind of thing, or that you couldn't do that because there's so much time? Like, is there a certain amount of time that you have to like get it done quickly, or no? Mm -mm. No, we we literally just buried someone that we held for over a month. Their family were traveling all over the world, and they had plans and life happened and we they said can you hold her for a month and we're like yep they just in the fridge just just you just per stayed in yep she was embalmed and we put her in the in the cooler and we applied just uh cos uh, cream on her on her face and on her hands you know you want their hands to be natural feeling and not be so dehydrated because you dehydrate under your eyes oh. and on, your, on your fingertips they actually will squish if you will but you can do feature builder yeah, I can I can make you all look really pretty. I mean, you already are pretty, but I'm saying like I can do your all's makeup for you. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, I really can. What, what I should can I paint. do? What should I add to my makeup? No, less less is more whenever yeah. you are a deceased loved one mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep, man, that is oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, and then you everybody's face is somewhat uh, dimensional, mm -hmm. if you will. So take your fingers like this right now. You're gonna do it, do mm -hmm. it from your eyebrows to your to the top of your forehead yep and do it from your eyebrows to your nose tip your nose mm -hmm. oh nose yeah and it's oh. right so that's what i do if i've never seen you in life or have seen a photo of you and it's one o'clock in the morning and you've died and it's an embalming if i have you on the table i will take if your mouth is slightly open i'll take my fingers and and uh measure your your face your face measurements to get your mouth shut right Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I just lost my gr- my grandma's. Yep. So I had this necklace um, from uh, my mom made me. It was like a little, look like a little, I don't know, little circular thing. And it had my grandma's ashes in it. And I lost it. It fell off my neck last night somewhere. I'm not sure if it was like out in the parking lot or it's gone. And I actually said to my friend last night when I got home, I was like, God damn, my fucking necklace broke. My necklace is gone. And she's like, was it an important one? And I said, yeah. Yeah. And she said, was it, was it, did David, my husband, give it to you? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, was it Naomi's? My grandma. And I said, it, it, it actually was Naomi. <laughs> she was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, it was Naomi. It was oh. my grandma's ashes. And I, there, I have no idea where the hell they are. They're, they're like in probably in the laundry at Burke Williams in my robe. You should call them. That's like, that's very, <laughs> I mean, you, you I have should more get ashes. That, you should, oh, okay. I have, okay. She's, 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 another she's, necklace. she's got a lot. <laughs> she's making another necklace. Be, have you all pre-planned your funeral? Do you know what it looks like? Like, what does it look like for you right this second? If you died right now, please don't. But what does it look like? Oh, scout go. Um, I, I kind of want similar, like my, my pops, like I want to be able to like, I want, I want to be by trees. I want to bench by my grave. Like, I just want somewhere that my loved ones can come and visit me, I hope. <laughs> I hope they come and see me. Um, but what I want to look like inside, I have no idea. I have hmm. no idea. Outfit? Like, if what would you wear? You know? I, I, that, that is so strange to me to think about. I, 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 I'm so boring that I feel like I probably would have you somebody have, put me in yoga pants. Yeah, and your cowboy boots. <laughs> and right? my cowboy boots. Yeah, you and, do rock some cowboy boots. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. but also get my hair right. Like, yes. I need a little curl. Right. I need a little curl. Yeah. And, like, I don't wear much makeup, so I just want to look, like, super. Just like you. Yeah, but I want my nails to look really cute. Yeah. Do you do a thing. design on my nails? <laughs> I would not be able to do that. But I like a flame or something? Really, I can do a damn good nail. If you give me that good old grandma mauve color, I'm making it perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm make it perfect. Danielle, what does it look like for you? Um, I want to be cremated. <sighs> really? Yeah, do because you wanna, I... Do you want visitation before? Um, I don't think so. No. Hmm. No. What about your kids or what about scout and all the people that love you i just don't want them to have that in their mind it, i think it just really depends on how i would die well you know i i'll push back respectfully not because and this is another thing people are like oh you just want money i'm not gonna bury you but people need to see to believe mm. that's mm. real and we've had people come to us that chose to have mom or dad cremated and they come to pick up the death certificate so they had a memorial service and the urn was present and that's great and all and stories were shared but they come back and they're in the office and they're sobbing and they're like we didn't see them they saw them at the hospital right they saw them at the hospice house but they didn't see them right yeah and we have to see because it's it's final it's real and if i can walk up to your casket and say i appreciate her appreciate her existence and i'm great for all this y'all this life cremate after I want to be able to pat you on the hand, you know? You know, my yeah. dad My dad died when I was seven, and uh, he was cremated. He was in a bad car accident. He was cremated, but he had a casket, so his ashes were inside the casket at the funeral, and then there were photos on top. And I remember this, like, horrific memory of walking down, going up to the casket to say my goodbyes or whatever, and screaming that my get my daddy out of there, he can't breathe. Like, a just... That might not have under- something to do with it. Oh, maybe. I would say that has a lot. That of might it. have something yeah. to do with why yeah. you don't. Trauma, yeah. trauma, traumatic deaths. Yeah. Do tend to uh, paint a 
100%. And I want everyone to have some of my ashes if they want them. (laughs) Yeah. Just everyone can have a little bit of me. What about the place? I'll push back. There's a video I posted and it's very sentimental. There's a a place is important. Like, where do you go? Where am I going to go to honor you? Like, Mm. where do I go? Right. There has to be a place, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And my cousin David, mm -hmm. he died. He died um, after coming home from Iraq and he uh, got drugs laced with fentanyl. So he had PTSD. And so it, it was just, it was this accidental overdose. He overdosed, drops dead, 33 years old. He's cremated and they want to scatter him in the ocean. Well, that's great. And I think if that's your thing, that's awesome. But the family, where, where do I go? Yeah. Where do I go? He's my best friend. So what we did was really awesome before grandmother died, who just died. Her, um, my cousin was an 82nd airborne and my grandfather was in 101st airborne. And so we put David's military marker at the foot of granddad's grave. And so I'm able to go to mm. that space, right? Right. There, there has to be a space because it will outlive all of us, right? Yeah. But 200 years from now, when they walk by and they're like, who's Scout? Right. Oh, she's somebody that's important and that mattered. She yeah. mattered. You know, that's, that's cool. where my son, when he grew up, when he grew up, when he had his first day of kindergarten, mm-hmm. I told you the scout, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just had kindergarten. He's, he might be a mortician. I'm telling you. He might be a mortician. I said, we're driving on it. the way to school. First day, we just moved to Texas. And I, I said, where do you want to do to celebrate after your first day of kindergarten? He said, I want to go to the cemetery. I think that's my kid. I think that's <laughs> my kid. I, I was like, like, I think something happened. Right. So I took him, I took him to the cemetery. That was like where I went to as a kid. I always went to the cemetery. Okay, guys. So after my story about Carter wanting to go to the cemetery after his first day of kindergarten, either we had some internet issues or some ghosts came to visit us and we lost Nathan. So we just wanted to say a big thanks to Nathan Morris for coming on our podcast. You can follow him at Nathan Morris on Instagram and NathanMorrisMusic.com. And of course, his TikTok is awesome. If you want to watch this episode and all of our prior episodes, check us out on Patreon. Talk scary to me. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories. 
if you're brave enough. 